Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Hi, this is another episode of Study, Grow, Know, and I do thank you for joining me. The topic today is Narrow Your Prayer Focus. Prayer has always been difficult for me, and maybe it's the same for you. I'm not sure why. In many ways, it kind of remains a mystery to many people, not just me. At its root, of course, is people simply conversing or talking with God. But since God does not audibly reply, although some say he does, which I disagree with, that alone makes it difficult. We rely on the promises of his word to give us insight into how he moves and works in our lives. And sometimes it kind of feels like we're walking in the dark, doesn't it? Now, what I've been learning is that certain prayers are actually fairly easy to pray, while other prayers seem to stop before they reach the ceiling. Maybe that's also been the case with you. And I've often wondered why. And I think I may have an inkling that I'm going to share with readers and listeners, and each person can decide for themselves if I'm all wet or if what I'm saying resonates with Scripture. There have been many times in my life when I've prayed about situations, and I can easily recall that while I was praying, I didn't actually believe I was going to get the answer I was looking for at the time. Now, I'm not talking about the name it, claim it type of prayer where people are taught to repeat certain prayers so often with such vigor that they create a form of belief they assume will be answered whether it whether it is or it isn't. What I'm actually talking about is something different. Let me give you a for instance. I've noticed over the past few weeks when my prayers have to do with my or my family's needs or even desires, it is far easier to believe that God will provide compared to the overall problems happening throughout the world right now. That kind of is overwhelming. We continue to deal, for instance, with the CV pandemic that began the destruction of the supply chain in many small businesses. And we are being warned that both of those situations, the supply chain, the CV pandemic, or other pandemics will worsen, with some political leaders even signaling that a worldwide famine is most certainly coming to this world along with more pandemics. Are they simply trying to create fear? Well, I don't think so, although that could be some of what they're doing. So if the CV pandemic and resultant worldwide economic lockdown disrupted the supply chain initially, what's continuing it? Well, for one thing, we have been warned of potential World War III between Russia and Ukraine for months now. Whenever there's a major war in any part of the world, supplies go by the wayside. Fuels that are used normally in farm equipment must now be used in military equipment. Farmers in the Ukraine and Russia are not planting as much wheat and other grains because of this. And unfortunately, Ukraine and the countries over there are said to produce 40% of the world's wheat. Fewer grains translates to less foodstuff available for the masses. All right, then we have the fact that dozens of food, poultry, cattle, swine, and fertilizer plants and facilities have been and continue to burn to the ground. 
Added to that is the alleged growing avian and porcine flu, which is causing governments to demand that millions of animals be destroyed. And it's really not hard to see the problem once you understand what's happening. If none of this was occurring, we might eventually catch back up to what we consider normal status, returning from the supply chain disruptions that created shortages in the first place. But with everything that's happening, everything, it appears likely that society is never going to catch up, certainly not in the short run. Experts are predicting by the end of 2022, a global famine will be upon us. Okay, so why am I relating that and what does that have to do with prayer? Well, simply this, that even though it appears the world is falling apart and we may be on the brink of a food disaster, among other things, I believe that through prayer, God will still guide me and all who wait on him. If you're a Christian, he will guide you. Now, unless I'm mistaken, I don't believe he let, he'll let me or my family go hungry. I can pray that prayer and believe that God will guide and deliver. I can believe that. At the same time, an example of a prayer that I really have a hard time believing in and therefore making it difficult to pray about with the same measure of faith is that he will override the conditions that are in and likely continuing to come to this world. I have a hard time praying that prayer. For instance, let me be specific. There's a preponderance of in-your-face corruption in the Congress of the United States that the mainstream media completely ignores. And by all accounts, it seems as though the alphabet agencies in our government are part of that corruption. Don't speak out against the local school boards who are pushing the LGBTQ plus agenda. Don't argue against transgenderism or biological men competing in women's sports. Don't deny that white supremacy is a major problem in America and that this country was founded on it. Don't ask questions regarding the possibility of election fraud that may have occurred in the 2020 election cycle. Don't go against the accepted CV narrative by seeking real answers related to it or hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin or other treatments available. Don't dare to say that Joe Biden has all the symptoms of advanced dementia. Don't argue that too many in Congress seem completely opposed to America's sovereignty and want to and are willing to hand that sovereignty over to the UN. Don't talk about that. And certainly do not believe that anything related to the so-called Great Reset has any merit to it whatsoever and that technocrats seek to do to and in America and elsewhere what they've successfully accomplished in China. So those are just some examples. The continuing problems that are growing worldwide are many. And I have a serious difficulty believing that even if I pray for days or weeks on end, that God would intervene and override many or even any of those problems. I have a hard time with that. I just find it too difficult to believe. I don't have the faith for it. And it's not because God isn't big enough, but because a good part of me believes that the world and its people are getting what we deserve. And this is based on his word. Look at the Old Testament. 
During those times, we see what happened, for instance, with Israel, how that great nation often failed God and they gave themselves over to what became hardcore idolatry. Even when the good kings like Josiah, and you can see his reforms in 2 Kings 22 and 23 and 2 Chronicles 34 and 35, or his great-great-grandfather Hezekiah, his reforms and actions in 2 Kings chapter 18 through 20 and 2 Chronicles chapter 29 through 32. When those kings, those good kings came along, while there tended to be peace and or blessing during their reigns because of their reforms and their dedication and commitment to God, immediately after they died and another ascended the throne, things often not only went back to what they were before, but often actually got worse because of new kings who deliberately rejected the God of Israel. Now, eventually, judgment fell, and often it fell hard. It was inevitable because of the people's hearts, not just the king's hearts. It made me realize that even when someone like Josiah or Hezekiah reigned and eliminated the things that offended God, it seems people only did outwardly what the king wanted, but inwardly did those things really change for them. Because things often so rapidly went back to embracing the very things that God had forbidden, it's easy to believe and see that the people's hearts never really left those things under Josiah or Hezekiah and the rest. The people only appeared to do what they were supposed to do on the outside. But how many of them may have continued to have special places in their homes for the idols they worshipped? It's easy to conceal things like that. And obviously, the king couldn't be everywhere, could he? Certainly, this was not the attitude of every Israelite, but likely most. God blessed Israel or Judah based on the genuine reforms and the intentions of the king who reigned at that time. And it's likely many people continue to do the things they wanted to do, though. You know, I have this same view of the United States, unfortunately in many places in the world, the corrupt leaders we have leading this nation to its death are responsible. Yet there are plenty of people within the USA who cheer these contemptible leaders on. And I'm astounded that there there are those who hate Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, and they're appalled at the things he is accomplishing in Florida. These people prefer fascism and tyranny, wanting the government to take care of them. They're willing to give up their freedom if the government will just provide for them. So what is happening in the USA and the world that makes it difficult for me to believe God will directly intervene to change anything? Well, here's a short list. Abortion on demand. Okay, now that one is interesting because I just read that it's been leaked by somebody on the Supreme Court that the Roe versus Wade decision that was handed down decades ago is probably going to be overturned. Well, that doesn't mean abortion is going to be eliminated in the United States. California, New York, Connecticut, other states like that will become havens for those who seek to murder their unborn children. So abortion is going to continue. And I think that's one of the things that has God upset the most, the way we just kill, kill 
critical race theory, anti-white racism, really, LGBTQ, the whole agenda there, and now the push toward grooming children, World War III between Russia and Ukraine. Why is that happening? Hmm. CV and other ongoing viral illnesses, the bird, porcine, etc. The food and supply chain shortages here and growing. Increase in fuel, food, and other goods and services prices. Increase in mortgage rates. Treasonous politicians. Illegal aliens gaining unfettered access to America and given something like $4,000 a month. Trillions and trillions of debt for the USA. There's a move toward creating digital currency. A move toward creating social credit score. And there is the worshipping of the planet through climate change. Now, these are just some. And as I consider those things, I really can't believe that God will actually step in and do anything to change or stop it. I really believe that what is happening throughout the world is something he is allowing in order to rightly pour out his coming judgment. Many of those things that I just listed will simply become more pronounced in coming months and years. Now, my wife and I, we will probably vote in the next election, but a question, will God step in and ensure there's no fraud? I doubt it, because it appears that the system of fraud is firmly in place, and it's not going to be upended easily. God will likely allow it and use it as one of the things that will usher in judgment, just as he did with previous nations in the past. However, What I believe God will do is as it relates to me personally, my family personally, and all who submit to him. As I commit my way unto him and as I seek to love him more and cultivate a growing fear of offending the Lord, that's really what loving God means, that we we fear offending him. I firmly believe God will provide for our needs. Now, this doesn't mean... I do nothing now and expect him to create food out of thin air when it gets more and more difficult to come by and more expensive. I believe my wife and I are making the best decisions we can make now based on what we know. I obviously can't see all things and sometimes I don't think I can even see that far ahead. But what I can see, I am trying to use discernment to focus my way through difficulties, believing that he will guide me. Now, in the past few weeks, I've noticed something really interesting. I've, I've prayed specific prayers related to our own unique situation, and it's interesting to see how they've been answered. Now, they weren't big, huge prayers at all. They weren't global prayers, but we prayed them because it seemed to us like the best course of action to take under the circumstances, but we still wanted his guidance. We presented things to God and asked that he might provide ways for us. And interestingly, he did. It was very, very interesting to watch how things developed. However, when I look to the bigger world picture and the problems that exist, as I've highlighted previously, as I've listed, I simply do not have the same belief that God will change things. In fact, I honestly believe that things will worsen. And I think it's good to know what's coming. I really do. But I don't think we should focus on it. 
I really don't think we should focus on it. We need to know what's coming so that we're not taken by surprise. But focusing on it really doesn't make any anything better for me. And this reminds me kind of when my sister was in the hospital from a heart attack and was comatose in 2008. I recall praying for days while she lay in the hospital that he, God, would raise her up through healing. And I didn't care if he used doctors to heal her or if he healed directly. Didn't make any difference. Just, I just wanted him to heal her. Well, there came a day when I could not pray that prayer at all and realized that God was softly and gently saying, no, no, I'm not going to heal her. Now, of course, I did not hear a voice. That was simply the impression I got. And when I realized that this was what was being addressed by God, I also quickly discerned, "Uh uh-oh, now she's going to be going home to him shortly. And she did. She never woke up from from a coma. Had I continued praying my prayer for healing, nothing would have changed. This is the exact way I see the world now. I don't believe God is going to step in and change things globally or even in the USA until he physically returns. And he does that as he closes the tribulation. Although I do believe that he will be there for his own in spite of what's happening in the world as it continues to devolve into greater darkness. Now, a lot of people are praying that God will change the world. Ultimately, he will do that. It's an answered prayer. He is going to change this world, but he will do it in his way and in his time. He will do it. But first, it seems that he's going to allow the world to spiral into greater darkness, to become as sinful as possible, to justify his coming wrath being poured out. However, he will continue blessing his own and saving people out of that darkness, changing their lives forever. And you are part of that because we need to witness to those people. And if we get so caught up in worrying about all the evil in the world and all the corruption, I believe we will be sidetracked from the Great Commission. So I'm suggesting we change focus so that the focus that we have is more on things much closer to home, family, friends, church people, and those around you that you know or are guessing that are not saved. It's far easier for me to believe that God hears those prayers and will respond favorably as opposed to prayers to change the course of this world. His word teaches us that this is not going to happen until everything has played out according to the perfection of his will. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And I pray that until we meet again, God would open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in him. Proverbs 16.6. Look it up. Memorize it. Try to live by it. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 